Our guest today, Craig Dowden, PhD, says humility can increase a CEO's impact in the world. So what does it take to become a humble CEO? Join us for episode 251 of Growth Igniters Radio with Pam Harper and Scott Harper. This episode is brought to you by Business Advancement Incorporated, enabling successful leaders and companies to accelerate to their next level of success. On the web at businessadvance.com. And now, here's Pam and Scott. Welcome, everyone. I'm Pam Harper, founding partner and CEO of Business Advancement Incorporated. And sitting here with me, as always, is my business partner and husband, Scott Harper. Hi, everybody. It's great to join you again for another episode of Growth Igniters Radio. As always, our purpose is to spark new insights, inspiration, and immediately useful ideas that help visionary leaders accelerate themselves and bring the companies along to the next level of game-changing innovation, transformation, and growth. You know, Pam, we so often talk about the need for people to have a different type of leadership as the world keeps changing, the Mm -hmm. dealing with uncertainty and all the volatility that's part of everyday life now. And that's leadership that's sensitive to the needs of all the many different stakeholder groups that we have in our companies. This is one of the hallmarks of what we call growth igniters leadership. And that's where humility comes in. Right. It includes the ability to consider others' opinions, act with self-awareness, and lead from a spirit of generosity instead of narcissism. When you can actually become that humble leader, it can benefit everyone involved. Yeah, it's not always easy, though. Not always easy. So today we're discussing these issues with Craig Dowden, PhD. Craig came to us courtesy of one of our other highly respected guests in our Growth Igniters community, Todd Churches. So before we get started, here's a bit about Craig's background. He's a highly respected executive coach with the Forbes Business Council. He's also an award-winning speaker and a best-selling author of two books, Do Good to Lead Well, and his latest book, A Time to Lead. Craig's been a regular contributor to Forbes, CEO World, The Financial Post, The Huffington Post, and Psychology Today. Among others. Among others. Yes, and you can read much more about Craig's background by going to growthignitersradio.com episode 251, and scroll down to resources. So, Craig, welcome to Growth Igniters Radio. Well, thank you so much. It's an absolute pleasure to be here. I'm really excited to have this conversation about humble leadership and how we can be at our best. You know, it's interesting. We hear humble, we hear humility. It seems like there's a lot of discussion out there about what it is and what it isn't. Or are they the same terms? I think we have to clarify what we're talking about in the first place. For sure. And and I would say, and you're absolutely right, Pam, that there's a lot of focus these days when you hear the words humility and humble, having a humble orientation, and they are coming from the same place. Uh, and they do represent those core ideas. And as you talked about, particularly around acting from a place of more narcissistic place, Uh, Mm -hmm. How do we serve others effectively? And especially when we're looking to achieve goals that are important to us and to those around us, finding ways to engage, inspire, empower, 
that's the key to our success. And you touched on the volatility and uncertainty that we're facing. Mm -hmm. We need each other now more than ever. Absolutely. So we first started speaking with you around this latest book, A Time to Lead. And I love the subtitle, Mastering Yourself So You Can Master Your World. But we also kind of slid into your previous book, too. As we were talking about this, there's a lot to say. But what led you, what inspired you to say, well, I said it already, you know, the first book, but you didn't. Why the newer book? Well, uh, it came to me during the beginning of the pandemic. And so in my coaching practice and leadership development practice, a lot of clients, colleagues, friends, family members were saying, how are we going to get through this? Like, what are we going to do? The world is just changing at an incredibly rapid rate. We're facing challenges we've never seen before. And in fact, at the heart of that question, really, the question was, okay, how am I going to get through this? And uh -huh. through that, a light bulb went on off in terms of, well, great leadership starts with great self-leadership. And so appreciate your, your recognizing the subtitle, so mastering yourself. So it all begins with us. And then with this latest book, I really wanted to focus in on, so what are the key qualities that each of us can possess, no matter what level we are in an organization? Because we all lead our own lives. What are those core qualities that enable us to be at our best? so we can inspire and empower the people around us to be at their best. And so that was mm -hmm. the core idea. Yes, I think we're only going to see a lot more of these uh, reflections, you know, what's going on out there. It's an evolving time to be sure. Now, one of the co-authors of your book uh, was Alan Mulally, former CEO of Ford, great leader in his own right. What are some of the biggest lessons that you learned in your conversations with him about self-mastery, about humility as you work together. Wow. Uh, how long do we have? <laughs> <laughs> well, let's back up a little bit here, you know. Let's talk first about how did it happen that you ended up collaborating on this book? Not everybody does that. No, well, uh, my initial vision for the book was to have CEO masterclasses. And essentially, whereby that I would take the particular quality uh, under investigation and then have a CEO or senior executive provide a case study. And what was interesting was because one of the questions people ask or some of the criticisms that they'll make is that, okay, well, this all sounds good. The research sounds fine. Right. You know, our organization is publicly traded or it's global or on uh -huh. and on. So I thought it would be wonderful to have that business case example. And then just luckily, Alan and I, our paths crossed, and he was familiar with my work. And so when he reached out to talk about the first book, and we started to chatting, I asked him, I said, well, I'm writing this current book, and I'd love for you to, would you be open to considering teaching a CEO masterclass, where you uh. take the different leadership qualities that I'm focusing on and talk about how they played a role in your working together management system, which he's legendary. <laughs> That's a legendary part mm -hmm. of his leadership. Right. And he kindly agreed. So each chapter has a masterclass based on Alan and his experience with each of those qualities. And it's very enlightening. It, it is. We have that book. Yeah. It's really well laid out, but we're still curious about that question that Scott started with. Wow. Yes. 
One thing that I loved about Alan, another key idea that has been raised a lot is around authentic leadership. Yes. And Alan's definition to me is just incredibly powerful. So he says, authentic leadership happens when our values and our beliefs and our behaviors are aligned and people can only see our behaviors so mm, then what we want to do is consider, okay, how does what I'm externally projecting match the values and beliefs that I have within myself? And it's such a powerful way of wrapping our heads around authentic leadership and how mm. important that is. Because once we are leading from a place of values, it's so important because it establishes trust. People know what mm. we stand for, and we can build long-term, meaningful, deep relationships. You know, one of the things that I appreciated as I was reading the book was how Alan really does come across as that humble leader. The examples, the stories he tells, it got me thinking, I'm coming back around to another quote about humility, which is uh, from C.S. Lewis, humility is not thinking less of yourself, but thinking of yourself less. And I thought he really exemplified that. But what do you think about that statement? I think it's a fantastic quote. And what's interesting to me about the whole idea of humility is that it's often perceived as a weakness or meekness even. Yeah. And so you're really stepping back. There's a passivity to it. And the true definition of humility is I'm aware of and comfortable and accepting of my strengths. And then I'm also aware of and accepting of my challenges. And there's balance in the force, if you will. And that's so important because humility is about stepping back. It's not all about me. And it's mm, not yeah. all about who I am and what I want, because especially if we're working together to achieve something, well, it's necessary, as you laid out at the outset, to invite other people in, get their ideas and, and get their perspectives. And that's only going to improve the quality of our thinking, raise the level of activation energy and our passion for pursuing something that's important. Mm -hmm. Now, here's an interesting counterpoint, because there are a lot of CEOs out there. I mean, think of the CEOs of some of the biggest tech companies out there. We don't have to name names, but <laughs> we can think of them. They don't come across as humble people. They can be very arrogant. They can be self-centered. They can be even cruel sometimes and, and not seem to care. You know, and they're held up as paragons of success. How can you balance that against what we believe is very important, this idea of being humble and being uh, self-aware and aware of others as well? Well, it's a great question and one that you get asked because you see these particular examples, <laughs> not naming names, that mm -hmm. are, are out in the forefront getting a lot of attention. And what's interesting is, is we conflate that and say, okay, so they are successful because of that. A really powerful counter question that people have asked and I think have made compelling cases that how much more successful uh -huh. that could is they have wonderful. been? Yeah. It's exactly. so interesting because without naming names, there are individuals that have had extraordinary opportunity and good fortune and really, relatively speaking, based off what was there, floundered within that. And right. so I think that's an important counterweight to put into that. The other piece I would add is that, like with any scientific research, there are outliers. 
So if you go across and you look at, okay, and that's why I'm passionate about the science of positive leadership and the practice Mm -hmm. of positive leadership, because for the vast majority of people, these being humble, exhibiting humility in our leadership, it inspires, it empowers, it engages. So they would, that would be my uh, counter answer to those examples. Okay. So if you're thinking about the bell curve, the bulk of the people who are going to be the most successful leaders do embody the humility, and the kindness, because that builds trust and that builds better ideas and better collaboration, better results. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I think the other thing to uh, put into this is some people see humility or humbleness as a weakness. And of course, we're saying it isn't, not the way we're describing it. So I just want to leave off at this this particular point. We're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we'll dig deeper with speaker, author, and executive coach, Craig Dowden, PhD, on becoming a humble CEO. Stay with us. This is Growth Igniters Radio with Pam Harper and Scott Harper. We're brought to you by Business Advancement Incorporated, and we're on the web at businessadvance.com. As always, we focus on enabling visionary CEOs and C-suite leaders to accelerate the momentum it takes to achieve game-changing innovation, transformation, and growth. We're excited to announce that as of February 2023, Growth Igniters Radio with Pam Harper and Scott Harper moved into its ninth year of episodes. Yay! We're proud that we've received top podcast recognition in 2022. And this year, we'll have more conversations with CEOs and thought leaders who are changing the face of business. And we'll also feature more of our own quick take episodes. And if you're enjoying listening to Growth Igniters Radio, spread the good word, please. Just open it on any podcast app you use and write a review. And feel free to share links to your favorite episodes on your social media. Welcome back to Growth Igniters Radio with Pam Harper, that's me, and Scott Harper. Today, Scott and I are speaking with speaker, author, and executive coach Craig Dowden, PhD, about the power of becoming a humble CEO. Craig, tell us how people can find out more about you, your books, your work, all things Craig Dowden, PhD. Well, thank you. And congratulations. Such an awesome achievement. Uh, nine years and over 250 episodes of that. That's remarkable. <laughs> yeah. Yes, that's right. And you're right over that 250. Yes. So, so, so great. So congratulations. Uh, and thank, thank you. you. People can find me at craigdowden.com. It's a great way where uh, lots of information about uh, books and articles and, and, and other things. And then feel free to reach out on LinkedIn. I love connecting with people and let me know that uh, Pam and Scott sent you. I always, that would be awesome to, uh, Ooh, to continue the conversation. Yes. That works out well. And of course, Craig, now you're part of the Growth Igniters radio community. So you can find out more information and links for this episode by going to growthignitersradio.com, episode 251, and scroll down to resources. In our first segment, we were talking about the fact that the world is changing and we need to keep going into new territory, uncharted territory, and that's where the potential for being a humble CEO is really going to make a difference. 
In this segment, we want to talk about the other side of it, which is it's not always easy to become a humble CEO. So let's talk about the challenge of becoming a humble CEO. What do you see in your work, Craig? Well, it's really interesting because, and it at the end of the first segment talked about there can be popularized, lionized, if you will, examples of, oh, well, they don't seem particularly humble. They're quite narcissistic and self-centered. So the whole media portrayal of quote unquote strong leadership can be one influencer. What's also interesting, and there's some great research on this, when you ask employees, what are the key qualities for strong leaders and effective leaders and people that you want to follow? Humility ends up on the top of the list. Mm. Ah. Then when you ask leaders <laughs> what qualities are important for your success, we can probably guess where humility ends up. It's on the bottom. Yeah. yeah. Decisiveness. Correct. Drive. Exactly. And I've got to, you know, sharpen my elbows and take up space, be the smartest person in the room. And so this is a really interesting counterbalance where the things that we most appreciate about leaders for leaders themselves, and once again, they feel its weakness. And so recognizing that disconnect and also appreciating that, well, humble leaders drive higher levels of innovation, higher levels of performance, higher levels of engagement because they're including people. This is a vital, these are vital pieces of information to change that trajectory and broaden our definition of what humble leadership looks like and the benefits that it brings. Yes. And yet, at the same time, we hear CEOs talking to us about, I need to make the decision now. I can't let the board see me not seeming decisive. So maybe the employees like that the CEO is humble, want this humble CEO, but maybe the board doesn't. What do you think? Well, for sure. And I think what's interesting about that is that sometimes decisions do need to be made rapidly. Absolutely. And I think the interesting piece around that is reflecting and saying, okay, is my need to make a rapid decision because the environment is demanding me to do it? Great example. The board Mm, is asking me for a perspective. Or is it that I'm just more comfortable and want to do what I want to do? And now I'm rationalizing that lack of collaboration so that I could forward my own agenda. So it's really recognizing the context in which the decision is being made. And it's a great question you're asking, Pam, because that's a discussion I have with executives in my coaching practice, just taking that momentary pause and saying, okay, what's the situation requiring me of, of me right now? And then what are the key things that I can say or do that's going to support a positive outcome? And to your point, if the board is here, Pam, what do you think we need to do here? Uh Going, well, you know, what do you all think? Or uh, I'm going to go back to my organization. Well, that might necessarily fit the context. Right, right. Mm -hmm. Now, one of the things that Pam and I have talked about for a long time is rapid decisions can be fostered by having regular conversations with the stakeholders so you don't have to wait until you need to make the decision. If you have those conversations all along, you have that knowledge in your head and boom. There's another point, though, that I'd like to follow up on because we've talked about this in general. Can you give us an example, a story of a CEO who successfully developed humility in the face of the demanding environment that we have today? So a great example is one of my clients who during the heart of COVID, they would provide 
weekly updates on the business. And then they would have a PowerPoint and all kinds of detailed numbers and things like that. Yet they, through informal and direct feedback from people, is that, mm, you know, it wasn't quite landing. So we had this discussion around, well, how could change the tide on that? And one of the ideas that we discussed was have an Ask Me Anything session. Show up Ah, and speak from the heart. Just say, hey, so I know we're going through unprecedented times, extraordinary challenges, and I come in with my PowerPoint and button down with my five talking Mm -hmm. points. What do you want to know? I want to answer your questions. And it was remarkable because they shared with me it was one of the scariest things that they had done because, again, not showing up with all the answers, all the data. And yet the richness of conversation that came from that, the breadth of questions, it was just extraordinary what people asked about and things that they could never consider. And then afterwards received so much feedback where people thanked them and said, wow, that was one of the most engaging, informative sessions they had ever had. Yet the level of preparation and information that was being shared, that wasn't it. It was, let's have a discussion. Let's talk openly. So uh, connecting as people instead humans. of as an information provider, and I'm telling you these things. And to that executive's credit, positively reinforcing the people for being brave enough to ask these questions or say what was on their mind. Exactly. And now we're having a real human conversation because everybody Mm -hmm. has different things that they're wondering about. And the world we're in right now is incredibly uncertain, incredibly volatile and ambiguous. Laying the groundwork to have those conversations is vital. So all of us can participate. All of us can feel empowered and that we have the information that we need. And so that was a really pivotal moment and started to do more of those ask me anything sessions because of the benefits it provided, not just for the employees, also for the leaders themselves. Of course. Exactly. It's a mutually reinforcing cycle. Building on this, what would you say then is the most important value that enables a top leader to be okay with their own humility? That's a fantastic question. And and I think it's a it's acceptance and acceptance of reality. We're all human beings and we all, we are imperfect beings figuring our way through our personal and professional lives. And so once we accept that and accept, I have some talents within me that I can express in the world. I also have some challenges. And I love the quote from positive psychology, I'll paraphrase, that none of us can be at our best without the rest of us. And so then embracing that and recognizing that, in fact, acknowledging and accepting our own humility is not going to set us back. In fact, it's going to propel us forward and put us in the best position to be able to, to achieve the things that are most important to us. I love that. We're going to take another quick break. And when we come back, Scott and I will speak more with speaker, author and executive coach Craig Dowden, Ph.D., about immediately useful ideas for how CEOs can develop their humility. Stay with us. You're listening to Growth Igniters Radio with Pam Harper and Scott Harper, brought to you by Business Advancement Incorporated, where we focus on enabling visionary leaders to dramatically increase the momentum it takes to achieve game-changing results. We're on the web at businessadvance.com. 
Have you ever wondered, if so many CEOs think it's important to lead for business transformation and long-term growth in a rapidly changing world, why can it be so challenging to break the orbit of the status quo? Well, as an author and advisor to visionary CEOs who often face mysterious pushback to their big ideas, that was the question that sent me on a long search for answers. So what's the secret of the great leaders? The successful visionary leaders I call growth igniters? The ones who are able to ignite game-changing business growth over and over again? What's their secret? They're able to anticipate and embrace the hidden leadership dynamics that can naturally emerge in uncharted territory. How do they do this? That's what I share in my keynote, Break Orbit, Achieving Long-Term Growth in a Short-Term World. Go to PamHarperSpeaks.com today and you can find out more about Pam's keynote and her availability to speak at your next leadership conference or executive retreat. to Growth Igniters Radio with Pam Harper and Scott Harper. Over the last two segments, Scott and I have been speaking with speaker, author, and executive coach Craig Dowden, PhD, about the power of CEOs shifting from heroic mindset to a humble mindset. Craig, tell us how people can find out more about you, your books, your work, and anything else you want to share. The best way for people to find out more about me is my website, craigdowden.com, or please reach out on LinkedIn and send me a connection request and, and let me know that you came from the Growth Igniters podcast. Oh, that's great. great. And of course, you can find out more information and links for this episode by going to growthignitersradio.com, episode 251, and scrolling down to resources. And I want to add... I really want to encourage you to get this book, A Time to Lead. I found it so powerful, and I love the way it's put together. And Craig does not just do the usual, you know, pat answers. There's some really interesting questions that he raises in the book and answers as well. So, Craig, I really like it. So let's talk at this point about some immediately useful ideas for how CEOs can develop their humility. We'll just take it one at a time. So what's the first idea? The first idea, I think, is to ask for feedback. <laughs> and I think in a lot of ways, it's something that we often don't do, ask for feedback. And we can ask questions around, where are we doing well? What are the areas that we can improve? What's something I can start doing, stop doing, continue doing? Every day, ask people around us. I love how earlier on you talked about laying the conversational groundwork where it's a continuous discussion on Yes, mm -hmm. right. And it's the same thing with feedback is every day I can ask one person one specific question that I can now gather information and integrate into my resource bank. And one of the critical things as well, especially for anyone who hasn't asked for feedback before, because in my coaching work, sometimes that happens when I'll ask someone, when's the last time you asked someone for feedback? And they really struggle. It's essential to explain why. Because if you just go out tomorrow and say, oh, that's great. I had a client who did this. We're so excited to get out and wanted to do it before our next meeting, before we talked about the how. And people were skeptical. People were wondering, sure. why are you doing this? 
Uh, what are you going to do exactly. with it? Exactly. Are you trying to trap me? So letting people know, hey, I want to be at my best, not only for me, also for you and for this organization. In order for me to do that, I need your feedback. You're in a mm-hmm. wonderful opportunity to provide information about how I'm showing up. And so please let me know. I invite you to do that and let me know how best I can facilitate that exchange of information. And with that, now people go, oh, great. It's a now I feel more welcomed. Yes. um, The one thing that you also have to, I think, be okay with and grounding yourself is being okay with what you hear. You know, it's wonderful to get the compliments. I love what this is and all of that. Sometimes there have been situations that I've dealt with where somebody did not get the feedback they were looking for. They got feedback. It wasn't what they were looking for. And it can be devastating. I don't care how high up you are in your organization. So what do you, what do you suggest there? Yeah, absolutely. And I think this is it's it's a vital point that you're raising that what we want is to be prepared for that feedback and really and truly be willing to accept it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Be in the appropriate mindset to have that discussion. And then the really critical piece to me as well is especially if something is way left or right of center, if we react defensively remind ourselves if we react offensively to someone, well, now what's the likelihood they're going to give us feedback in the future? It's going to be exactly, Mm -hmm. basically never. So now what we want to do is exercise more, not less curiosity. Hey, that's really interesting. Can you tell me more? Now inside that may be really tough. And that's Mm -hmm. the journey Ah. of humility. Exactly. Ah. (laughs) And yet that's incredibly powerful because now what we're doing is having learning conversations and have those discussions more frequently so we can build those muscles. And if you are feeling strong enough, you can say, ow, that hurts. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry to hear that. I want, thank you for I want telling to, me. And thank you for telling me <laughs> because now I can do something about it. And it's such a great point that acknowledging how it how it affects us, that's that's okay. That's actually quite important to do because we can acknowledge it. That's really tough for me to hear. Thank you for sharing that. That must not have been easy for you to say that to me. And now, once again, we are having a human conversation, we're connecting on a human level, and people are appreciating our humility, that openness to that. What are some things I can do differently? And now it helps center us, and now we're having a different level of conversation. That's terrific. How about a second practical idea for developing our humility? Being okay with that. I think another one, and it's a it's a a word that that we hear a lot these days, is around vulnerability. Demonstrating vulnerability. I just had a conversation with a CEO who openly admitted, "I hate being vulnerable <laughs> in front of other people." Yeah, mm, yeah sure, it's hard. However, what? He's learned is that, well, by being vulnerable, especially when he's struggling, what that does is invite people to be honest in reverse. So when we talk about being vulnerable, what's like one immediately useful way that somebody could actually move in that direction? Let people know I'm having a tough day today. Hmm. Let people know, hey, we've got some challenging headwinds in front of us. 
I I realize we are working really long hours and it can feel like we're getting bad news from multiple perspectives and it's affecting me as well. Now here's the powerful pivot point and then say, and you know what? I know that we've got what it takes within this room to tackle that challenge. Uh-huh. Yeah. So it's embracing, it's leaning into that vulnerability, letting people know I'm struggling too. And now the path forward is all of us here working together. That pivot is so key. Yes. That's our second immediately useful idea. What's a third one? I think a third one would be around shining the spotlight on others. Because as leader, you are you will necessarily get the attention, especially if you're in the corner office. And so how you can shine the spotlight on other people, particularly when they're engaged in positive behaviors, behaviors that are reflective of your culture. And as you were saying earlier, being courageous. If someone challenges you in a meeting, that's fantastic. Thank you for for challenging me on this point. That's important for us to do around this table to figure out the complex problems that we're facing. If someone raises their hand and says, hey, my unit, my division is struggling. We're behind on something. Thank Alan did this masterfully. Thank you for that visibility. That's the kind of leadership we require. Who around the table now can we assign to this so we can figure this out? and and right. make mm-hmm. positive progress. In that example, what I liked about what he wrote was that he actually supported the person who first stood up and said, this isn't happening the way that I want. Hey, come or, sit next you know, to me Come now. sit next <laughs> to me, but, yeah. you know, but in a good way. <laughs> That's right, yes. The one thing that is also important here is if somebody is going to say, what are you going to do about name it? You know, maybe there's a, a rumor of an M&A, you can't talk about it, whatever it is. What do you think about saying, I don't know? It's incredibly important. It's, it's part of the vulnerability piece as well. Mm-hmm. It's just getting more comfortable saying, I don't know. That's what I yeah. would recommend too. Yeah. Peter Drucker famously said, you know, no one, no leader can know everything. Right. So not knowing is perfectly fine. And then the key piece being, I will get back to you on that. Or I will, you know, I will (laughs) follow up on that. Or help me. What do you think? Help me find out. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. See, being ready for that. So the more that we can be ready for what we get from people when they're asking these questions or having that feedback to go back to the beginning here the more we can be ready with how we'll respond, not a pat answer, but something that really draws on that vulnerability you're talking about and is helpful. So there's drawing on the people too. Well, and to provide one counter behavior not to do, and it's a great discussion we're having right now, is that I receive this feedback from executive teams all the time where people say, I'm so tired when Craig just kind of rattles on about stuff that he has no idea. (laughs) Why doesn't Craig just say, I don't know, I'll get back to you. It saves us a lot of time, a lot of energy and frustration. So here we are. We're at the end of our conversation for today. Can you leave us with some final thoughts about becoming a humble CEO as part of self-mastery? Well, I think despite how counterintuitive 
this idea may, may be there's tremendous scientific research that shows the power of this. And in a world that, as we've talked about, is incredibly volatile, uncertain, complex, and ambiguous, we are facing challenges we've never seen before. We do truly need everyone. We've heard of the great resignation, quiet quitting, record low engagement. Well, in order to stem the tide, humility is a foundational component of that. And it's not just a nice to have in leadership, it's a must have. And so to dedicate time and prioritize that in our own development will only bring us innumerable rewards. Well, Craig, thanks so much for being our guest today on Growth Igniters Radio. You're welcome. This was a lot of fun. I really appreciate the conversation. I think there is so much to unpack here and on some of the other things you're talking about. So we are so glad you joined us. Agree, Craig. Thanks so much for the great conversation. And thanks to you out there for listening to Growth Igniters Radio with Pam Harper and Scott Harper. To contact us and get show notes and resources for this week's episode, go to growthignitersradio.com, select episode 251. Until next time, this is Pam Harper. And Scott Harper. Wishing you continued success and leaving you with this question to consider. What steps will I take to strengthen trust so people feel comfortable giving me the feedback I need to keep improving as a leader? Growth Igniters and Growth Igniters Radio with Pam Harper and Scott Harper are registered service marks of Business Advancement Incorporated. All Growth Igniters Radio episodes are copyrighted productions of Business Advancement Incorporated, intended for the private use of our audience. Except as otherwise provided by copyright law, all other uses including copying, editing, redistribution, and publication without prior written consent of Business Advancement Incorporated are prohibited. All rights reserved.